Hello and welcome to Curdled Ink, One Woman's Tirade Against Poor Writing and Problematic Romance. My name is Lee, and we are on episode 10, chapter 10 of Fifty Shades of Grey. We are in double digits now. Woo-woo! As usual, trigger warnings, content warnings, all that good stuff will be in the episode description. And as always, if I have missed any, please let me know. I'm happy to go back and add them. Chapter 10, where are we? So there, Christian and Anna are in Christian's bedroom and Christian's mother has just barged into the apartment of her adult son without asking permission, without so much as calling ahead because none of the characters in this series know what boundaries are. So that's fun. So Christian gets up to go greet his mother while Anna does her best to get dressed. Anna is picking up her clothes off the floor trying to assemble an outfit from what she has in the bedroom and her subconscious calls her a hoe for no reason that I can really discern. I mean, she has had sex with a man who she is dating. That's it. I don't know, they got into some really fucking light bondage, but that's it. I don't know why her subconscious is so salty at her all of a sudden. We just, we're just, we're just throwing in some random slut shaming for no reason. Sure, why not? So she goes out and meets Christian's mom, who is, of course, like this perfectly groomed, elegant, wonderful, put-together person, and in the middle of their conversation, Jose calls, demanding to speak to Anna, but good for her, she hangs up on him, she's like, hello, I'm in the middle of something, also you sexually assaulted me, goodbye. And of course, once Christian's mom leaves, Christian is furious that Jose dared to spend any of Anna's time talking to her at all because he is another man, so therefore he is a threat. And like, okay, he did also literally sexually assault her, so I guess I can um, understand the boyfriend getting a little bit angry about that, but what Christian is actually angry about is that there are other men looking at his woman and taking his woman's attention away from him. The absolute audacity. Kat, are you okay back there? Oh, good boy. Bye. So Christian gives her a printed out copy of the contract and encourages her to do some research, which fucking finally, thank you for that. Jesus. And Anna immediately says she doesn't have a computer, which, hold on a second, I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm just checking the publishing date on this thing. 2012, okay. Yeah, I guess I could believe that you don't have a personal computer in 2012, but uh, it's one of the last years you could really get away with it, especially as a college student. Jesus Christ. Anyway, the times, they are changing. Christian's like driving her back home and she goes to call Kate to like check in, but Christian immediately assumes she's calling Jose. Why? Has she given any indication that she wants to talk to him? No, but Christian is like a crazy, controlling, jealous douchebag, so here we go. And oh, and he says, when he thinks that she's calling Jose, he says, I don't like to share, remember that. Excuse me? Excuse me. Has she shown any romantic interest in Jose? No. No, she has not. Has she had any romantic contact with Jose? No, she has not. Outside of being sexually assaulted by him, which is not romantic, it's rape. <sighs> this book. 
Oh, right. Okay. So they're, they're not driving home yet. They're just on their way out the door of the apartment. And his like assistant person, Taylor, looks a little pityingly at Anna on the way out the door. Anna immediately thinks it's because he knows that Christian's kinky and he's like, oh, this poor woman, she's being his sex slave or whatever the fuck she thinks kink actually is. But honestly, household staff know what's up. Taylor definitely knows that he works for an abusive douche nozzle. And he's just like, oh, this poor woman. I really hope she can get out of this relationship because my boss is an asshole. That's my reading of it anyway. Page 149. Here we go. Anyone who's following along in the book, I don't know if any of you are, but if so, please turn to page 149, class. Oh boy. Okay. Page 149, down near the bottom. Christian says, stop biting your lip or I will fuck you in the elevator and I don't care who gets in with us. This man, this man is fucking rape culture incarnate. He, like, this is, I believe I talked about this last chapter, the patriarchal idea that men are just complete and utter slaves to their dicks and they cannot control themselves when they see a woman doing something that they find even slightly attractive. So it's up to the women to gatekeep their own sexuality and make sure that they are not quote-unquote provoking these poor, helpless, sex-obsessed men in any way. Which, like, come on. Really? I know there are men out there who are better than that. In fact, I would like to think that most men would like to be better than that. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. But that's what I like to think. Uh, another little moment of kink shame. So she brings up talking to Kate about sex again, and Christian says don't tell her about any of the kinky stuff because she'll, quote, have his balls. I guess that wasn't a direct quote, but she'll have his balls if she knows what he wants to do to her. I mean, I don't know. Kate seems like a pretty enlightened, sexually positive person. Maybe she's into kink. We don't know. I don't think that's ever explored because it's not Kate's book. He's just so deeply insecure about his kink, and he's so ashamed of how kinky he is. It, it almost makes me sad for him, except he's a douchebag, so I have very little sympathy for him, but it makes me really sad for Anna because she's basically learning about all this shit from a guy who's who has such fucked up ideas about what it's like to be kinky and she's gonna learn all of that shit from him and it's just not a healthy way to get into kink and I'm I'm sorry Anna I'm sorry that you have to go through this another quote page 150 ah yes okay Christian says the sooner I have your submission the better and we can stop all this Anna says stop all what you defying me bro that's not how that works. That's not how any of that works. In fact, there's an entire subculture, an entire genre of submission, if you will, that is dedicated to defying your dom. Have you ever heard of bratting? That's a thing. Also, even if you're not a brat, there is going to be some 
some measure of quote-unquote defiance in any relationship because, as I'm sure I have said in the past, not everything that you, even all of the stuff that you agree, okay, here's what we're doing together in this relationship, one or both of you is not going to be up for that every single time you do a kink scene. There are going to be days where the sub says, no, actually, I can't do that for you right now. No, actually, I really don't feel like getting fucked in the ass tonight. Uh, sorry, let's do something else. And from what we know about Christian, he would take that as defiance. What he takes as defiance is Anna setting boundaries, asserting her independence, reaffirming her humanity, the fact that she is a separate person and not just a fucking sex robot, which is honestly kind of what Christian wants. And like, yeah, it's hot to kind of roleplay as a sex robot sometimes, but the roleplay ends, and even if you're in a 24-7 DS dynamic, like, you're both still humans living your lives, feeling your feelings, being in a relationship. Like, the sub is not going to 100% always going to be able to do the things that the dom wants them to do. That's just the reality of interacting with another human being. That's like a really basic tenet of getting into a kinky relationship with someone is that you have to recognize that you have your fantasies about having a sub at your beck and call all the fucking time, always willing to obey, like having no limits, having no end to their libido, what the fuck ever. But that's not that doesn't exist outside of role play, outside of porn. You have to interact with your submissive or your dominant as another human being and not just a subject of your fantasy. The idea that you're going to have a sub who is just right away going to give up all of her boundaries, all of her independence, all of her everything, like any hint of quote unquote defiance, like that's ridiculous and it's not safe. It's not safe, even as a sub, even if you're, if you want to obey orders and, and be good for your dom, you still have to look out for yourself, your own mental health and your own fucking physical safety, depending on what kinks you're participating in. The idea of a sub never being any kind of defiant is just unrealistic. Anyway, they go to the parking garage of this apartment building, and Christian, of course, has many, many fancy cars, and they take one of them to drive to Anna's place. He decides that they are stopping for lunch on the way, even though Anna literally says, no, I'm not hungry. He says, nope, sorry, too bad, you're gonna eat lunch right now because I say so. Fuck you, dude. He orders wine for both of them without consulting her, and Anna understandably says, um, actually I wanted a soda, and he gets so fucking annoyed, he's like, no, this is a good wine, we're drinking wine. Uh-uh, nope, no, once again, that's something you negotiate first, especially with how little time these people have fucking spent together, how little they have been able to get to know each other's tastes, preferences, dietary restrictions, allergies, all of that kind of stuff. He does not get to order for her without negotiating that beforehand. Once again, he says his mom likes her, his mom likes Anna, and that uh, she, Christian's mom, always thought he was gay because he never brought a girl home. <sighs> I don't know, I guess it was 2012, so it was a little while ago, but I don't know. I feel like 
reading that in 2021, reading all of the little instances in this book so far where everyone's like, oh my god, I always thought he was gay because he never had a girlfriend. Like, come on, you guys. Also, like, he's a public figure. Like, maybe he just wants to keep his relationships fucking private. I don't know. Whatever. So they're, they're talking, blah, blah, blah. He defines vanilla sex as no toys, no add-ons. Mm, nope. Once again, wrong, incorrect. That's a little bit like saying you only lose your virginity when you get a penis in your vagina. Because again, not everyone is cis, not everyone is straight, not everyone has PIV as their main staple of sex. And therefore, for a lot of people, toys are a regular part of their boring whatever vanilla sex. Maybe that's because both partners have vaginas and so they use toys for penetration sometimes. Maybe it's because one or both partners has mobility issues, so, so, so toys are the easiest way to get each other off. Like, maybe it's just because they just fucking prefer using toys. Like, define- I've- <laughs> I'm speechless. Defining using toys as inherently, like, kinky or inherently a little bit taboo it just feels incredibly outdated to me, again, reading this in 2021, and also just very cis-heterocentric, which, of course, this book is, so I don't know what I expected. Um, so anyway, yeah, point being, much like different people have different definitions of virginity, people also have different definitions of vanilla sex. Oh yeah, okay, so page 153, Anna hears this definition of vanilla sex and says, Oh, I thought it was chocolate fudge brownie sex that we had with a cherry on top, but hey, what do I know? Which, again, like, people have different interests, they have different kinks, they have different levels of knowledge and exposure to different sex acts and different kink, and so, again, what one person considers pretty fucking kinky is another person's you know, Tuesday night routine maintenance sex, you know? It's all, it's all relative. So another great example of the weird warped ass fucking relationship between men and women in this book series. So this restaurant that they stopped at, Christian is a regular there and the waitress like recognizes him and is like kind of wanting to get flirty with him and is annoyed that Christian is just paying attention to this girl that he brought into the fucking restaurant, which I just have all kinds of problems with because like as someone who has worked customer service, like okay, I've never been a waitress, full disclosure, but I don't know that I've ever had the urge to flirt with a customer while on the job, like even if they're kind of cute. I've been on my feet for a while, probably. I've been running around for a while. I've probably been yelled at by at least one person so far that day. I just want to get this person their stuff and go. I don't know if anyone has ever worked as restaurant staff and has like actively tried to flirt with a customer or wanted to flirt with a customer while they're on shift, please let me know because of course my experience is not universal, but it seems like not a great time to flirt. Um, also the fact that wait staff, ex especially female wait staff, get hit on so much by annoying fucking customers. <laughs> 
I, I would feel like I would just get fucking tired of it. Also, here's a hypothetical situation. <clears throat> I'm a waitress. I have a regular customer that I think is pretty cute. I kind of want to flirt with him. He comes in with a girl. They sit down at a table. They're very clearly familiar with each other. I'm gonna assume they're on a date. I'm gonna not flirt with him. That's kind of creepy. If she's trying to butt in in the middle of what, by all social signals, all social cues, is a fucking date to flirt with this guy, uh, can we not? So, we get a little bit of Christian's tragic backstory here. One of his mother's friends started sleeping with him when he was 15, and she was, well, we don't know exactly how old, but a lot fucking older than 15, and he was her submissive for six years. I don't even know where to begin with that. There's so much to unpack there. Let's start with, oh, because of course there has to be some fucked up sexual assaulty type of reason why Christian is kinky. He can't just be someone who is interested in kinks and interested in alternative sexualities and goes about it in a healthy way. He, it, there has to be some reason why he's so fucked up and weird and such a gross pervert or whatever. No. No, no. No, 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 no. No. Um feels like a good moment to stop and say, yes, some kinksters, I would go so far as to say many kinksters, would self-identify as having some kind of trauma connected to at least one of their kinks. And they find that kink can be a safe, healthy outlet for them processing their traumas. That's fine. That's totally different. That's not what I'm talking about. Um, how do I want to say this? The fact that this, you know, basically predatory relationship that he had as a teenager with this adult woman is presented as a quote-unquote explanation for why he's sexually dominant, that's what I have a problem with. The idea that he would not be this way if there was not something deeply wrong with him, if someone, if this woman had not caused him to become kinky. I don't know. There, there might even be some kind of implication that she forced him into kink and she forced him into being her submissive. I don't know. It's certainly not explicitly said that that was the case. I don't know. Ooh, goody, more quotes. I really should just keep my book open at this point. There's a lot of uh, fucked up stuff that I just want to read directly from the book this chapter, apparently. Is this what our relationship will be like? I whisper, you ordering me around? I can't quite bring myself to look at him. Yes, he murmurs. I see. And what's more, you'll want me to, he adds, his voice low. I sincerely doubt that. That last line is what Anna is thinking to herself. Whew, where do I even start with that one? So, so much to unpack. Yeah, a very simplistic view of a DS relationship is that it is the dom ordering the sub around. But there's so much more to it than that, too. There's the idea of, like, self-care doming, where, where you set up protocols around giving the sub a self-care task, like, let's say, um, take your meds in the afternoon, and, you know, they, you find out some way to make yourself accountable to your dom in terms of whether or not you take your meds. So maybe you text your dom after you've taken your meds and they say, oh, good job. What a good little pet. Good, 
good job taking care of yourself. And then if they don't get a text by a certain time, maybe they text you or call you to remind you or whatever that consequence is or whatever you have set up so that the dom will check in on you and make sure that you are completing your self-care tasks. So there's that kind of DS relationship. There's, you know, there like even within like being servicey and being ordered around, like it's, 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 I don't even know. This is such a huge topic for me. I don't even know how to break this down right now. It's, there's just so much. How do I explain why a DS relationship is good actually for the right people? For the right people, because that's the other thing. Christian says, you'll want me to do it. You'll want me to order you around. Well, honey, not necessarily. Not everyone is submissive. Not everyone can be happy being a submissive. And that's fine. That's perfectly valid. You can't just like, that's, that just really feels like behind his words, there's that gross idea that every woman should be like this nice little submissive housewife type of person who does what whatever the fuck her husband wants at a moment's notice and puts out whenever he wants. No questions, no arguments, no nothing. Which, again, that's a role play that some people do and they like doing that within the box that is a consensual negotiated role play, but not everybody likes that. Not every every kinkster even likes that arrangement. And certainly not every woman wants to be fucking dominated by you, Christian. Now, Anna, now I'm gonna address you, honey, because he says you want him to order you around and your first thought is I sincerely doubt that listen to that thought listen to yourself please I am begging you do not let him pressure you into this relationship style because it's really it's it's not for everyone maybe it's not for you it's kind of a whole skill set like being a good submissive is a whole skill set and not everybody talks about that it's not just like sitting there and looking pretty until your dom tells you to go clean the bathroom or whatever it's a whole thing it's a lifestyle it's a lifestyle that's why we talk about being in the lifestyle like don't jump into a 24 7 kinky ds relationship if you're not sure that that's what you want don't just go along with it because he's rich and hot that's not that's not a healthy basis for a relationship not to mention he's already stalked you you already know he's an abusive fuckhead but even putting all that aside, Anna, if you don't want to be his sub, don't fucking be his sub. It's fine. You can walk away. So Anna asks what happened to Christian's exes, and Christian says it all basically boiled down to incompatibility. And yet, these were all women who were in the lifestyle. They knew what being a sub was about. They knew what they were doing. But somehow, this naive sheltered, vanilla-as-fuck little girl. <sighs> okay, I shouldn't call Anna a little girl. That's infantilizing. And no, she's a grown-ass woman. She's just taken a very different path through life, and that's fine. But she's been very sheltered. She's very naive. She's very vanilla. And somehow he thinks that's the girl that's gonna be more compatible for his uber kinky lifestyle. Oh wait, I know why he thinks that. Because the other women who were in the lifestyle and knew what they were doing probably knew their limits, knew how to assert their boundaries, and didn't put up with his fucking bullshit. And he is just preying on this innocent girl 
woman, person, who does not know what a DS relationship is like and does not know how to assert her boundaries in that way, and so he can just fucking groom her and manipulate her into being his perfect little victim, I mean submissive. So Christian says he's monogamous, and Anna thinks this is news. Uh, no it's not. (laughs) I can think of two instances off the top of my head where they've already talked about it being an exclusive relationship. One, when they were going through the rules of their, of his, like, proposed contract or whatever. Hi, Katie. One of the rules was something along the lines of, you shall have no other dominant than me, you shall take orders from no other dominant than me, blah blah blah. This is an exclusive relationship. That's thing number one. Thing number two, earlier two fucking day when he thought you were calling Jose, he goes, I don't like to share. Yeah, to me, pretty clearly says, I don't share my woman. I am monogamous, but in a really toxic fucking way. So, Anna, sweetie, no, it is not in fact news. However, clear communication is important, and we have already talked about many, 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 many instances in this series where Christian has been anything but clear in his communication, so at least we're getting some very blunt, obvious, to-the-point communication. So they're leaving the restaurant, and he takes her hand, so they're, like, holding hands as they walk walk out, and Anna is struck by how normal and intimate this is compared to his dom self. Well, if you've listened to past episodes, you probably already know exactly what I'm about to say, but, um... Dominance and intimacy are not mutually exclusive. Gentleness and dominance are not mutually exclusive. Doms can be sweet. Doms can be intimate. Kink can be gentle and sweet and very, very, very intimate. I promise. It's not all whips and chains all the time. And even when it is whips and chains, you'd be surprised how intimate that can fucking get. So they get back to Anna's place. She almost starts crying that she has to leave him, which is a little bit worrying. Just the fact that they've been on, I don't know, one official date and they spent a weekend together and that's it. And she's already like breaking down crying at the idea of leaving him. That is um, a little bit codependent this early in the relationship and that uh, does not bode well, especially given how abusive and manipulative and what a fucking douchebag he is. So she gets home, Kate starts demanding details immediately, which again, Anna boundaries. Also, Kate, boundaries. Literally anyone in this book, please, please learn what boundaries are. I understand being like, oh my gosh, so how was it? But if your friend says, hey, I don't want to talk about the details of the sex I just had, you say, okay, that's fine. Hope you had fun. And uh, that's about it. Respect people's ability to not share what they don't want to share, basically. But Anna says the sex was good, I think. Which, um, what? There's no arbitrary, like, standard of quote-unquote good sex that you have to live up to. Like, if you had sex and you enjoyed it, it was good sex. It really doesn't matter what anyone else who might hypothetically be looking in on the sex from the outside would think. It doesn't matter if anyone else would have enjoyed that particular sexual encounter. If you enjoyed it and the other person enjoyed it, it was good sex. That's it! That's all it takes! 
Good news, everybody! It's that easy! I don't- I, I really don't know what she's getting at there. Anyway, they talk. Turns out Kate is, like, totally, oh my god, in love with Christian's brother, Elliot. Surprise, surprise! We find out that Kate is- hold on, I can't read my shit. Kate is going on vacation with her family for two weeks which hopefully will be important later, and hopefully that's why it's being brought up and not just for no fucking reason. We'll find out. Jose calls, and Anna immediately forgives him for assaulting her. Whew. Uh, okay, sure. That's a choice you can make. Not the choice I would have made, but sure. Also, like, oh, it was just a little kiss when I was, when we were both drunk and I was actively trying to fight you off. It's not a big deal. No, actually, sweetheart, it is a big fucking deal. It's sexual assault. Like, it does not have to be penis forcibly in vagina rape for it to be assault, for it to be traumatizing, for it to be a big deal. I just want everyone out there who is like, um, was I assaulted? Well, it wasn't technically all the way rape. No, no. Here is me giving you permission to stop doing that <laughs> right now. If anything remotely sexual happened without your consent, it meets the definition of sexual assault, and it is perfectly valid for you to be traumatized by that, it is perfectly valid for you to be struggling with that, and it is perfectly valid for you to never fucking forgive the person who did that to you. And that's that on that. Jose says, I just thought if I kissed you, you'd like me back. Again, that's not how any of that works, ever. That's never how that works, never, ever. If somebody wants, does not want to kiss you and you force them to kiss you, that does not make them want to kiss you. I don't care, that's not what is going to happen. That's not the outcome of that situation, my dude. Ah, rape culture. Then Jose asks if she's with Christian now, and if it's because of his money. Excuse me, my dude, where the fuck do you get off? Like, fuck you. St excuse me, you just sexually assaulted this girl, and now you're making judgments on who she's dating? No, go fuck yourself. Fuck this guy. Anyway, Anna agrees to see Jose tomorrow to reconcile, which is more than he fucking deserves at this point, but whatever. More food bullshit. Page 165, no, 163. Anna and Kate eat dinner together, and Anna says, I eat my first unhurried, no-nagging, peaceful meal in that time, meaning since she met Christian, basically. Okay, brief rant. So, I don't need to go into a whole lot of detail here, but basically I have, like, a, a sensory issue that makes it really difficult for me to be around people who are eating just because eating noises are, like, deeply, deeply distressing to me. That's long story short. One thing that that has made me realize is that once you are in a long-term committed relationship with someone, even if it's a friendship, even if it's not necessarily a romantic relationship, you're gonna be spending a lot of time with them eating food. Like, we just, we just fucking bond over food. And also, you know, this society, we eat three meals a day. And especially if you're, like, spending multiple days with someone and or eventually living with them, you're gonna be eating a good portion of those meals together. And so so therefore, if eating meals with them is uncomfortable or distressing or annoying or unpleasant in any way, shape, or form, that is very quickly going to become a much bigger deal than you might think. So you really need to figure out issues around food with your partner, like, pretty quickly if it's gonna work out. 
And also, like, you know, eating disorders happen. People have- this society gives us really fucking fucked up ideas about food and relationships with food and eating. So again, that's something that you need to figure out with your partner as soon as you're both comfortable with it, basically, or as soon as it becomes an issue, which the way Anna talks about it, it has already become an issue, my dude. If there needs to be a boundary, that Christian shuts his fucking trap about your eating habits, you need to have that conversation. You just do. Okay, so Kate has, like, gone to bed or whatever, and Anna is sitting there thinking through everything that's happened. This is about when she starts referring to Christian's first dominant as Mrs. Robinson. This is one of her cutesy little fucking nicknames for people, which is if I remember correctly, going to get incredibly confusing in later books because she is- this woman is referred to in the text as Mrs. Robinson for at least one full book, and then I believe partway through the next book we learn her actual name, and then it switches and she is referred to in the text by her actual name. Um, I don't know about you, I'm pretty bad at keeping up with names when I don't have a face attached. I'm a very visual person, so <laughs> having a character just fucking switch names for no good reason in the middle of a book series sucks. So there's that. I really don't like that particular narrative device, but whatever. Anna is torn between a fear of Christian's quote-unquote depravity and how good the sex was this weekend, to which I can only say, girl, first of all, all of these kinks that he's discussed, when done in a healthy, consensual, well-negotiated way, are perfectly fine. There's nothing fucking depraved about it, you Puritan little... Sorry, that's my annoyance showing. That said, if you don't want to participate in any of the kinks that he has outlined for you to participate in, in his proposed model of ADS relationship, you don't have to. In fact, you don't have to stay in that relationship at all. And if you're sticking around because the vanilla sex, which is the kind of sex he does not usually have and eventually wants to stop having, if it was that good, that's still not a reason to stick around because there's lots of good dick out there. There's lots of people who are a lot fucking nicer and have just as good a dick and are just as good at using it and will make you come just as hard. I promise there are. I promise you there are other people out there who can give you sex just as good, if not better, without all of the bullshit attached to it please leave. The curtain falls, chapter ends on Anna ripping open the envelope containing the contract that Christian gave her, and I kind of peeked ahead a little bit and it looks like the beginning of the next chapter is the text of this contract, which I guess is different from whatever it was that we already read through with all the rules and stuff in a previous chapter. I don't fucking know. Who cares? Whatever. It's- it's another thing. We're going to read the contract in the next chapter. Don't worry about it. And that's that! So yes, thank you so much, as usual, for listening to my latest rant. My name is Lee. You can find my non-sex work social media at allmylinks.com slash leecartist, and all of my sex work social media at allmylinks.com slash candykitten. That's candy with an I. And of course, Lee is spelled ridiculously. This podcast can be found at allmylinks.com slash thecurdledpod, and that includes our Patreon, 
which if you enjoyed this episode and or any past episodes, please consider throwing a few bucks our way, my way, I guess. It's just me running this thing right now. Uh, be sure to check the show notes for spelling on all of those links. And of course, if you can't or don't want to or are not comfortable donating money to this podcast for whatever reason, I totally get it. If you want to rate us, leave a review on any of the podcatchers that I have posted this podcast on. If you want to tell a friend, post about it, write about it on your blog or your own podcast. I don't know, that feels presumptuous, but wherever you want to promote this, that would be super duper helpful. If you have questions, comments, concerns, or want to make a one-time donation not through Patreon, you can get in touch with me at curdledinkpodcast at gmail.com. Our logo is by Reese Jones at tearlessrainart.tumblr.com. And until next time, remember your rack. That's risk-aware consensual kink. Bye! There's a kitty. Hi, kitty. Hello. Are you going to bug me while I record? You haven't done that in a while. Oh, boy. Kitty. You need to go up in your nest, don't you? Don't you? Oh, there's a laptop in your nest. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Ah, what are we going to do? Do you want to get down? Do I need to lift you down? Oh, you're so helpful. Christian is like driving her back home. Oh my god, I'm bumping the mic stand all over the place. I'm so sorry. I'm getting thirsty. Doing all this talking. <sighs> okay, time to go meditate or something. <laughs> I'm so worked up and not in the fun way. If you can't or don't want to or are not comfortable donating, hi! That was a kitty. I hope he was on mic for that.